0: Section 39 of American Scenery, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Vern Seward. American Scenery, Volume 1, by Nathaniel Parker Willis. Viaduct on the Baltimore and Washington Railroad the patoxin which is leaped over so lightly at this place by the arches of the viaduct becomes ere long a stream which is not only respectable in size but most respectable in story it will ever be associated with the name and fame of the gallant barney who though his exertions could not prevent ultimate defeat did much to sustain his country's honor and has made his own imperishable while the british squadron was blockading the eastern coast during the summer of eighteen fourteen commodore barney sailed from baltimore in command of a flotilla consisting of a cutter two gunboats a galley and nine large barges for the protection of the inlets and harbors in the several parts of the bay on the first of june being at the mouth of the patuxent he discovered two schooners one of which carried eighteen guns and immediately gave chase the schooners were joined however by a large ship which dispatched a number of barges to their assistance and the commodore sailed up the patuxent to avoid being cut off from the potomac the schooners and barges followed him he engaged and drove them back and then anchored within three miles of the seventy-four in the course of a few days the enemy was reinforced by a rossi and a sloop of war and joining the barges of these vessels they followed the flotilla into st leonard's creek across which corporal barney formed his boats in a line of battle a sharp engagement ensued the enemy gave way and the flotilla pursued them to within a short distance of their shipping in the afternoon the enemy made another attempt with twenty barges and two schooners after a warm action the barges were driven back upon the eighteen-gun schooner which in attempting to beat out was so severely handled that her crew ran her aground and abandoned her on the twenty sixth a corps of artillery arrived from washington to the commodore's assistance and a combined attack was made upon the whole squadron the action continued two hours at the end of which the enemy's ships were driven from their anchorage and stood down the river the cessation of hostilities in europe enabled the british government to send out powerful reinforcements to their fleets and armies in america and sir alexander cochrane soon arrived with thirty sail having on board several thousand men under the command of major-general ross this force entered the chesapeake and a plan of attack on washington alexandria and baltimore was adopted Admiral Cochrane very honorably informed the Secretary of State that he had orders to lay waste all the accessible towns on the coast, and the fleet in two divisions soon after approached the capital by the Potomac and the Patuxent. In obedience to orders, Commodore Barney blew up his flotilla in the Patuxent, and with his seamen and marines, joined the army under General Winder general ross landed six thousand men at the head of frigate navigation and with five thousand general winder met him at bladensburg the action commenced at midday commodore barney had been placed with his battery in the main road by which the enemy advanced and after two or three vain attempts were made to pass him the main column fell back in disorder and it was found necessary to flank his right the british were gaining ground however in every other part of the line and commodore barney was soon left with his small force standing alone general ross now nearly had complete command of the field the ammunition wagons had been driven off in disorder and the commodore was reduced to a single round of cartridge he had besides received a severe wound in the thigh thus situated he gave the reluctant orders to retreat and after being carried a short distance he fell exhausted with loss of blood he was soon taken prisoner and removed to the enemy's hospital where he was treated by the orders of general ross with the greatest kindness and on his recovery released on his parole after his victory at bladensburg general ross marched directly to the capital and proceeded immediately to burn all the public buildings library etc then as now washington was merely a diplomatic capital very thinly populated and the few inhabitants were unable to make any show of resistance no comment is necessary on an act which the english nation itself was first to condemn the division of the enemy's fleet which sailed up the potomac consisting of eight sail was directed to attack alexandria that small town surrendered and obtained stipulation upon very ungenerous conditions that their houses should not be entered or destroyed captain gordon who was in command sailed soon after down the river with a fleet of prize vessels taken from the town and a great amount of property he received some damage from the batteries lower down but joined the rest of the squadron in the chesapeake and accompanied them in their less successful attacks on baltimore we think the city of monuments as the last-mentioned town is called should erect a monument in memory of barney a tribute to the brave though furled be the banner of blood on the plain and rusted the sabre once crimsoned with gore though hush be the ravens that croaked o'er the slain and calmed into silence the battle's loud roar Though peace with a rosy smile gladden the veils, And commerce unshackled dance over the wave, Though music and song enliven the gales, And joy crown with roses and myrtle the brave. Like spirits that start from the sleep of the dead, Our heroes shall rouse when the alarm shall blow, Then freedom's broad flag on the wind shall be spread, And valor's sword flash in the face of the foe our eagle shall rise mid the whirlwinds of war and dart through the dun cloud of battle his eye shall spread his wide wings on the tempests afar o'er spirits of valor that conquer or die and ne'er shall the rage of the conflict be o'er and ne'er shall the warm blood of life cease to flow and still mid the smoke of the battle shall roam our eagle till scattered and fled be the foe when peace shall disarm war's dark brow of its frown, and roses shall bloom on the soldier's rude grave, then honor shall weave of a laurel a crown that beauty shall bind on the brow of the brave. Percival End of section 39 Recording by Vern Seward